0: It's another week. This is Andrew Wood, Executive Director, of Hope Resource Center. Thank you so much for tuning in. Whether you're listening live at Joy620 or you're listening to the podcast at investinghope.com, iTunes, Google Play, wherever podcasts are found, you can find this show. Today we're going to touch on a number of topics when it comes to abortion and life. First, I do want to say that I was out of town last week, uh, so you listen to a, a best of or a replay. Uh, last week my wife and I and the family we went and visited her hometown. Uh, we went to the county fair. Now if you're listening to this maybe you are you live here in Knoxville and you're like what's the big deal about a county fair? Or maybe you're an out of state or uh, maybe you're not from the south. Maybe you're not from a small town. You didn't grow up in an area like that and you're like you, you took a week vacation to go to the county fair. Well how many nights is the county fair? Well Here's the way it works in in Overton County, where my wife grew up. The county fair is where a number of people take their their week vacation to attend. So my daddy in law, um, my wife's dad, uh, takes off the whole week. Family members take off the whole week. And and so when you hear county fair, you might just think carnival. Uh, that's part of it. There was a carnival. There's carnival rides, Ferris wheel, the gravitron. You know, the Y factor, all these carnival rides. There were funnel cakes. We didn't eat any, but, but there were those things. But, but in Overton County, it, it's not just that. It's also, uh, a number of other things. So there is a, an arena with a grandstand, uh, there in Overton County. And, and so we, we arrived there on a Saturday. And then on Monday, there was a mule show. So there were it's kind of if you've ever been to a horse show it's similar, but but everybody's on mules and then the Tuesday, there were motorcycle races, flat track and four wheeler races and these are professionals these are people that travel all over the country to do this and then on Wednesday, there was motorcycle and four wheeler races, but they had jumps, so it was it wasn't a flat track and then Thursday, we had uh, Overton county specific so if you live in the county, there was a horse show for those that live in the county and then Friday, there was an open horse show, so whether you lived in the county or not, and then we were able to do lead line for, and what that means is uh, you can lead <clears throat> kids that are six and under, you can put them on horseback, and you lead them around the arena. So my kids, Evelyn and Charlie, are six and under, so Evelyn is six, Charlie is four, and so we put them, we put, uh, Evelyn was on uh, Willie, and Charlie was on Molly, And my, my father-in-law led, uh, led Charlie and I led Evelyn around the arena. Uh, and it was a blast. And and man, just what a, what a great, what a great time and and a great opportunity. We also got to ride mules while the horse show and stuff was going on. We rode, rode over, uh, that in, in a different part of, um, the fairgrounds so that our kids could ride and, and just watching our kids light up and, and get to experience things that we experienced growing up. I grew up on a farm. My dad's a dairy farmer, grew up riding horses. My wife uh, grew up on uh, on farms and grew up barrel racing and showing horses. And so being able to get back on a horse uh, and, and being able to watch our kids experience that was, was truly uh, an amazing gift. And then we, we capped the week off with the tractor pull on Saturday night. Uh, at the fairgrounds and my goodness it was it was great so we stayed up past midnight every single night uh, our kids don't normally do that we slept in nine and ten every morning uh, just was a was a great week with family with friends and uh, we enjoyed the time there so we were I was off air last week but uh but did want to kind of give you a glimpse into what we got to experience uh, in Overton County there in Middle Tennessee and, and we had a lot of fun if you ever get a chance and you want to go to a good fair, good county fair and and eat good food and and watch some some good horse shows and and other things, Uh, take some time to travel just an hour and a half, two hours uh, toward Middle Tennessee and and go to Overton County Fair. Highly recommend. They put on a great show. Uh, The kids loved every bit of it. The adults loved every bit of it. Uh, Great time. Highly recommend it. So uh, enough about that. Now I want to get into some news that that's happening. We're right in the middle of election and and so we have uh early voting has been taking place. We we are abortion is still a topic in in conversation. It's going to be a topic on ballots coming up. The mid the midterms are coming up. There's a lot of things that are happening that we're going to kind of get a glimpse of is is the house going to flip? Is the Senate going to flip? There in um in washington what's what's it look like is is President Biden going to run again is is a Republican going to take the office in twenty twenty four is DeSantis going to beat Trump because it, it appears that that uh, Donald Trump is going to run uh, in the twenty twenty four election We don't know that for certain, but all uh, everything is pointing to that being the case, and everything is pointing to DeSantis, the Governor of Florida. Also putting his name in the hat. And so we'll see how that shakes out. But, but I do want to look at a couple things that, that's happening. Uh, the Washington Post has a, has a piece that was written on July 31st and it says, major legal fights loom over abortion pills, travel, and travel out of state. And and so it says this, the Supreme Court's three liberal justices in denouncing their colleagues' decision to eliminate the nationwide right to abortion, warned last month that returning this polarizing issue to the states would give rise to greater controversy in the months and years to come. Now, look, courts do not make decisions based on political polls. Now, these three liberal justices are like, oh, this is going to make conflict, and this is going to cause controversy, and this is going to send it back to the states. Yeah, yeah, it's going to leave it up to the voters, folks. Now, Now, people cannot like that. These liberal justices cannot agree with that. But but again, justices are not to take the poll of the populace and then make decisions. They are supposed to look at the Constitution and, and see how laws stack up with the Constitution. And so they say this. Among the looming disputes, they noted, can states ban mail order medication used to terminate pregnancies or bar their residents from traveling elsewhere to do so? Far from removing the court from the abortion issue, Justice, Stephen Breyer, uh, Sotomora and Kagan wrote in dissent, the majority puts the court at the center of the coming inter-jurisdictional abortion wars. That's, I don't agree with that because again, it takes it back to the states. The states can decide what they do from there. The overturning of Roe v. Wade after nearly 50 years is expected to trigger a new set of legal challenges for which there is little precedent, observers say. Why do we need precedent? See, this is, this is the thing that everyone talks about Starry Decisis and precedent and super precedent. Everyone talks about it when it fits their narrative, when it goes their way. You see, marriage was defined as between man and woman forever. Now, now these liberal justices weren't talking about Starry Decisis, and liberal politicians weren't talking about Starry Decisis and precedent when they overturned when the Supreme Court decided that marriage could be defined broadly. No, they were saying, what a great day for America. What a great day for democracy. What a great day for the republic. You see, they only care about precedent when it fits their agenda. Now, now that's not just a left-wing problem. That's a right-wing problem as well. We all are bent that way. Oh, well, precedent matters when it fits in my agenda. And it doesn't matter when it doesn't fit in my agenda. That's just how we are wired. The overturning of Roe v. Wade after nearly 50 years is expected to trigger a new set of legal challenges for which there is little precedent, observers say, further rolling, uh, the, the nation's bitter political landscape and compounding chaos as Republican-led states move quickly to curtail access to reproductive care. Now, listen how they word that. So what they didn't say is, Compounding chaos, here's what what they could have said. Compounding chaos is Democratic-led states move quickly to allow abortion up to nine months. You see, that's that's a more extreme position than the position of the state of Tennessee saying you can't have an abortion. But again, they don't see it that way. They see abortion as being a right for everyone all the way up to nine months. Even though that is extreme and no poll supports it. All they say is the chaos is led by pro-lifers that move quickly to curtail access to reproductive care. Again, reproductive care, they don't say abortion. You're going to get all the reproductive care you need. You just can't end the life of your baby. It is possible, if not probable, that one or both of these questions will eventually work its way back to the high court. Judges and scholars, and most recently the Supreme Court, have long claimed that abortion law will become simpler if Roe is overturned. Law professors David Cohen, Green Donnelly, and, uh, wrote in a timely draft academic article cited by the dissenting justices, but that is woefully naive. As a result of the ruling in Dobbs v. Jackson, both the surgical procedure and via, med- and via medication are banned, or mostly banned, in 13 states. Several others are expected to follow in coming weeks. The Biden administration has pledged to ensure access to abortion medication, which is used in more than half of all terminated pregnancies in the United States. Now, again, they, they put that in there as if it's just always been known. That was not the case until the pandemic. Because the FDA went in and said, oh, the pandemic has happened. So you need to be able to get these pills even easier. We need to be able to ship them to you. You can get them from anywhere. Just go online. You don't need doctor oversight. You don't need to sit down with a doctor. You can do it via telemedicine. You can do it via phone call. You can just get on the internet and have the abortion pills mailed to you with no oversight, no one watching, no one helping. Good luck. So because of that, the abortion pill has become the predominant vehicle for abortion in this country. But again, they don't give any context in this article. They just want you to know that it's over half the abortions happen with the abortion pill, so why not just keep allowing it to pass state lines? But a month after the Dobbs ruling, administration officials are still debating how they can deliver on that promise beyond the president's executive order to protect access. White House meeting this past Friday with public interest lawyers was designed to encourage legal representation for those seeking or offering reproductive health services. Democratic leaders and liberal activists have called on President Biden to take bolder action, especially on medication abortion. The Illinois governor said in an interview that he has directly urged the president to make clear that abortion providers in states controlled by Democrats should be able to ship pills to patients anywhere in the country, whether or not the patient state has enacted a ban. Listen to that. Listen to that. Now, what if a conservative governor said, you know what, if we want to ship a gun, wherever we want to ship a gun, regardless of the laws of that state, we should be able to do that. Listen how crazy that would be. You think the Illinois governor would be like, sure, you know, you do what you got to do because... Your law says one thing and our law says another. No, of course not. Of course not. Look, states have laws. In, in the state of California, you can smoke weed. You can legally buy it. In some states in the Union, that is not the case. So, so are we to say... Would, would California say we should just be, now they probably would, we should just be able to ship marijuana to the state of Tennessee regardless of the state laws of the, ten, of the state of Tennessee? Of course not. But yet, here, here they're saying the governor of Illinois, who's supposed to represent the citizens of where? The state of Illinois, who would not want the, the governor of Tennessee telling him what to do, is now saying that, hey, we need we need to do something because if we want to, out of our state, ship abortion pills to a state, say, like Tennessee, that doesn't allow for abortion, we should be able to do that with no repercussions. Listen to how insane that is. And they're saying it like it should just be, what? The people of Tennessee should be okay with that. The governor of Tennessee should be okay with that. Again, they say these things when it works with their agenda. But if the governor of Tennessee came out today and said, I think we should be able to do X, Y, or Z to the people of Illinois, and Illinois governor should just deal with it. Illinois legislature should just deal with it. Illinois Attorney General should just deal with it. Illinois would say, Well, no, because we're our own state. We're autonomous. Exactly. If you want to make your state an abortion sanctuary, an abortion haven, a place for all the abortions, that's up to you. But leave Tennessee alone. Leave other states that have gone the other direction and saying we're pro-life, we're not going to allow for abortion. You, you, as the governor of Illinois, have no right to tell Tennesseans what they can do within their state, Period. This is why overturning Roe was so important because it sends it back to the states. And then the states can decide. The voters can decide like Kansas is going to be doing just this week. And we'll talk about that here in a sec. So we're, we're seeing a, a shift. You know, Roe was overturned on June 24th. We're now over a month Removed from that, and and so we're, what we're seeing play out now is what's going to happen in state elections. Is Roe going to play a play a role in that? Or are we going to see certain politicians lose? Are we going to see uh, a, a movement where? Because what what some are saying was this is the issue. So before Roe was overturned, it it, it appeared in everything that you read. That there was going to be a giant red wave when it came to the midterms. And, and there's a number of reasons for that. The, the Biden administration has not uh, been super successful in, in his first uh, couple years in office. Inflation is higher than it's ever been, even in the Jimmy Carter era. Uh, gas prices have reached a level that we've never seen. Now, now the administration is saying that we, we've seen the largest decrease in gas prices the quickest and largest decrease in gas prices ever but but it's funny when they when they say that they don't mention that we also saw the largest increase in gas prices ever and so of course you're going to see the largest decrease i mean that's just um yeah i mean don't that's like saying don't 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 pee on me and tell me it's raining okay so like this is nonsense and so everybody knew even the political folks and you know the the Insiders were like, okay, the, the Republicans are going to win in a big way when it comes to the midterms. We've already seen that play out in even local elections where uh, where Democratic controlled districts are going different directions. Uh, you know, places where Biden won big ha- have flipped. Uh, we, we're seeing report, Republican turnout heavy. We're seeing Republican numbers in, in registered voters increase in areas that, in, in ways that we haven't seen before. Uh, we're, we're seeing Hispanic, African-American, Asian. Uh, I mean, in, in every category, the Republicans are picking up numbers. And so we, we all saw that, that that was coming, Democrats and Republicans both. Now, the interesting thing is a lot of folks thought, OK, well, well, now with Roe being overturned, you're going to have a swell of Democrats who, who were pro-choice come out and go, OK, now's our time. we got to get active. we got to get involved. But the reality is, they don't have many candidates they can get behind. They're not super excited about the current president. They're not super excited about the current vice president. They're not super excited about the direction the country's going. And so the question is, will Roe being overturned ignite a fire underneath some Democrats? I don't think so. I don't think the numbers show that. If you look at the polls, what you're, what you're seeing right now with the polls is, What's what means the most to the American people? What are the issues that are at the top of the list? And every poll that I've seen, it's inflation, it's gas prices, it's grocery cost, it's electric bills, it's it's what's hitting my my bank account, it's interest rates. We're we're in a recession. We we had uh, two quarters where where our G, GDP was down. And that's always been the definition of a recession, and now we're seeing that definition be changed. You know, it's interesting. It's the same thing when we talk about the Supreme Court and when we talk about precedent. Precedent matters when it's on your side. When it's not on your side, precedent doesn't matter. That's that's kind of the uh, the way we act. And, and now, because we're entering into a recession, we're changing the definition of that. We li- we're living in a time and culture where we're changing the definition of woman. We're changing the definition of man. We're changing the definition of, of pregnant person. We're, we're changing the definition of all these things. And now if you go to Wikipedia and you look at how they define recession, they actually redefined it. And they locked the page. Wikipedia is a page where you can go on and, and it can be edited by anyone. That's the whole point of Wikipedia. Well, they redefined what recession means and then they locked the page. And the press secretary of the of the president is redefining what recession means. Folks that have said it meant one thing their entire political career are now saying it means something else. And so what we're going to look at is, is this, is the Roe case going to usurp all of that? So are there enough voters out there that say, yeah, my, my gas is high, my groceries are higher than they've ever been, my bills are higher than they've ever been? Uh, the, the raise I got this year isn't enough. My interest rate is high on my house. But the, the issue that trumps all that is abortion, and we need more abortion. I don't think it's going to play out that way. Now, some political pundits do, but I just don't think it's going to play out that way. But we're going to find out soon, because on Tuesday, today... For the first time since the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, voters will weigh indirectly on abortion in what both sides call a bellwether for the issue in post-Roe America. Kansas primary election ballots include a proposal to amend the state constitution to explicitly disavow the right to access abortion. It will be the first popular vote on abortion rights in nearly 50 years. In reversing Roe in June, the Supreme Court ruled that abortion should be left to individual states. This amendment vote is actually saying, do we want abortion restrictions greater than we have? Or, we're okay with abortion rights, said Russell Arbin Fox, a professor of political science at Friends University where he studies Kansas politics. Polls show that most Kansans, like most Americans, support some restrictions on abortion services. Now, at least they put that in there. You go read the Washington Post, you go read a lot of these other publications, and they would have you believe the bulk of Americans don't want any restrictions. So at least this article in ABC News says most Americans support some restrictions. That's true. I'm okay with admitting that most Americans do not agree with my position on abortion. But but it's laughable when those on the left who want abortion all the way up to nine months say that they act as if the, the bulk of the populace agree with them when they do not. More More of the populace agree with me. Then they do with the extremists wanting abortions up to nine months. This is a vote in a Republican state that's going to see whether or not that majority can still make its voice be heard. If not, that's a lesson to other states, Fox says. Analysis by 538 has found the vote will likely be very close. The so-called value-them-both amendment proposal reads, in part, because Kansans value both women and children. The constitution of the state of Kansas does not require government funding of abortion. It does not create or secure a right to abortion. A yes vote to approve. First off, that is not an extreme. Anything. All that is saying is we value women and children and the constitution of the state will, does not require government funding of abortion and does not create or secure a right to abortion. Folks, They're calling this extreme, and all the state of Kansas is wanting to say is our constitution, the state constitution of Kansas, does not give you the right to abortion, and the government's not going to fund it. They believe, the the abortion industry believes that's extreme. That is not extreme. For decades, we have agreed en masse that government should not fund abortion. Literally the entire political career of President Biden when he was a senator, when he was vice president, argued that tax dollars should not pay for abortion. He didn't change his tune until he was in the Democratic primary and he got flack for it when he said taxpayers shouldn't pay for abortion. And then overnight he changed his tune, literally overnight. One day he said taxpayers shouldn't pay for it. The next day he changed Because he got flack for it. So this in Kansas is not an extreme position. A yes vote to approve the amendment would effectively override a 2019 state Supreme Court ruling which said the state constitution protects abortion access under a right to personal autonomy. It would clear the way for GOP supermajorities in the Kansas legislature to enact more stringent abortion restrictions, if not a total ban, in keeping with the pattern of such laws in red states nationwide, of course. A no vote would keep the status quo. The amendment's opponents say preserving Kansas as an abortion right refuge in a region where bans on the procedure have pro- proliferated. So, again, they, abortion folks are saying this is extreme. If they believe that's extreme, uh, well, I don't know what else to say. I mean, they, they would believe any kind of restrictions are extreme, and that is what they believe. We'll be back. This <laughs> is So, look, you know, when I started going through this article at ABC News, I, I mean, the way they the way they framed it, it had me even thinking as a, as a pro-lifer, man, what's Kansas doing like are, are Kansas going super, super extreme conservative when it comes to pro-life? Like, what, what are they doing? And, and then you, you get into the article and it's like the, the author is saying, man, Kansas is really pushing the, the envelope here. I mean, here's the language. The language is we believe, and that women and children are are sacred and 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 precious and, and deserve protection from the law. And we believe that our constitution does not give any right to abortion access, and that the government should not fund it. Oh, that. That's what they consider extreme. But but here's the here's the reality, folks. If you said we need a 10 week ban, the abortion industry would say that's extreme. If you said we need a 20 week ban, the abortion industry would say that's extreme. If you say we need a 25 week ban, a 30 week ban, the abortion industry would say, man, y'all are so extreme. Handmaid's tale. You're wanting to control women. That's that's they believe. Everything is extreme. If you said we're going to outlaw all abortions except for rape, incest and life of the mother, they would say you're extreme. If you said, I just want to outlaw one abortion. A year, they would say that's one too many. You're extreme. So what's happening in Kansas, which now that I've kind of dug into it more I will be shocked if this proposal fails because it seems common sense. And, and Kansas is a conservative state, and you've got pro-lifers in Kansas that have been waiting for Roe to be overturned so that they could enact some restrictions. Because listen to this. Kansas currently allows abortions up to 20 weeks, but requires patients to undergo counseling in a 24-hour waiting period, provide parental consent in cases of a minor, and obtain an ultrasound. These folks would say that's extreme. You mean you got to get parental consent? Look, when I got my ear pierced when I was 15, yeah, yeah, that's a trivia question for you. When I got my ear pierced when I was 15, I had to have parental consent. But these folks would want 15-year-olds to just be able to go get abortions. No questions asked. While several neighboring states outlawed abortions after Roe was nullified, Kansas is one of eight states that have state constitutional protection for abortion under a prior state court ruling and were unaffected by the U.S. Supreme Court's decision. Yeah, this proposal is going to pass, folks. Its four active abortion clinics performed more than 8,100 abortions in 2020, according to the Guttmacher Institute and Abortion Rights Advocacy Group. Why this vote is so important is that it's an infringement on folks' constitutional rights. No, it's not. Because guess what? June 24th said there is no constitutional right to abortion. But that's what Dr. Christina Bourne, medical director of the Trust Women Clinic in Wichita, said. Abortion is a canary in the coal mine situation. If we lose access to Kansas, then we lose access to being able to take care of a lot of people in the Midwest and in the South. Republican-led legislature in five other states, Louisiana, Kentucky, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, and West Virginia, have advanced similar efforts to amend their constitutions to restrict abortion rights. A proposed amendment in Kentucky will appear on the ballot in November. Ahead of the Kansas vote, both sides in the abortion debate have mobilized multi-million dollar organizing and advertising campaigns unlike any American has seen on the issue in a generation. Susan B. Anthony, Pro-Life America, is the national political arm of the anti-abortion movement, says it's investing at least $1.3 million in the Kansas campaign and has deployed an army of student canvassers visiting more than a quarter million homes to promote the amendment. Amen to that. Leading national abortion rights groups, including Planned Parenthood and NARAL, have also gotten involved. Making Kansas a priority. Now listen to this. They lead with the pro-life groups are spending so much money. They're spending so much money. They want to take our rights away. Susan B. is spending $1.3 million in Kansas. $1.3 in Kansas. Now listen to this number. Then the next paragraph. Planned Parenthood Action Fund and NARAL have also gotten involved. Making Kansas a priority in a, listen to this number. Susan B. spending 1.3 in Kansas. Listen to this number. Making Kansas a priority, NARAL and Planned Parenthood are putting together a $150 million midterm election organizing and advertising blitz. Susan B. spending 1.3 in Kansas. Planned Parenthood and NARAL $150 million midterm election blitz. Now, they're they're putting that money in a lot of different states. But needless to say, they're spending much more than the pro-life movement. This is probably the biggest election I've ever seen in my lifetime, this tiny little primary, says Sedgwick County Commissioner Lacey Cruz, who supports abortion rights and opposes the amendment. It is unusual for a ballot measure as significant as amending the state constitution to be included in a summer primary rather than the fall general election. When voter turnout tends to be low in Kansas, historically around twenty percent. Opponents of the amendment argue the timing was deliberate. The amendment's proponents insist it's coincidental. Now here's the thing. When you're when you know you're gonna lose, you start making excuses. That's what we do, right? That's like, oh well, if if this ball game wouldn't have been a day game. Man, if this ball game would have just been under the lights, it would have looked very much different. Or we say if this ball game would have just been during the day and not at night or if this ball game wouldn't have been in a stadium it would have or uh, an enclosed stadium if it was in an outdoor stadium it would have been different or vice versa if this was on turf and not real grass or if this was on real grass and not turf so what's happening here is folks are going in kansas know that they're going to lose and so they're making excuses already we're already going to lose so well it's a summer primary it's a summer you know it's midterm no one's going to care no one's going to come out and vote no you're going to lose and you don't have the votes. Listen to this. I think it's kind of predatory the way that they're putting this up for a ballot because this is typically when you just vote for your party, not going and voting for a huge decision like this, so Emily Baker, a Wichita resident who supports abortion access. Now now listen to this. Yeah, they're, they're saying these things. <clears throat> How dumb do they think the voter is? I mean, is the voter that dumb? Where they're like, oh, I didn't I didn't know what was on the ballot. I I I didn't know this was we're gonna have to vote for a big thing. I mean, come on, folks. But that's what they think of you. ABC News joined canvassers on both sides of the issue as they went door to door across Wichita in sweltering heat several weeks before the vote. Abortion is killing of an unborn baby, said Jennifer Hickerson, a devout Catholic grandmother, who called the vote a critical step toward a total abortion ban. What will happen then is that our legislatures, our elected officials elected by the people, will be able to enact laws regulating abortion if the amendment passes. Susan Osborne, who is also a Catholic grandmother, has been urging her neighbors to vote against the measure, calling it an infringement on constitutional liberty. For my daughter, for my granddaughter, Osborne said. Now, now for your daughter and your granddaughter, who were born and, and had an opportunity at life. Look, I have three daughters. I have a son. And I want the best for them. And, and, and to me, the best for them doesn't mean they have to end the life of a child if they find themselves in a tough situation. That's not the best for them. Because guess what? I want the best for my grandchildren. And if one of my little girls get pregnant, if my son finds himself in a scenario where he is a dad to uh, a baby, well, now the grandchild that is coming into this world has value and means something to me. So I could go on and on about this article, but it appears that Kansas is the first kind of, we're going to see what happens. Right now, Kansas has a a 20-week ban, which is is ridiculous and, and not restrictive enough. And all Kansas is wanting to do is to say there is no state constitutional right to abortion. So when these folks are saying we have a constitutional right, they're saying it in a, in a lens of we have a federal constitutional right. They don't have that, period, full stop. Now, they're going to keep saying those things. But as of June 24th, 2022, they do not have a federal constitutional right to abortion, period. So what, what states are doing now is what we knew they were going to do. And the state of Kansas is saying, look, we're going to put it to the voters. It's up to them. Now the voters may go one way or the other. Do they want a constitutional right to abortion in their state? Do they want tax dollars to fund abortion or not? Because if the state says there is no constitutional right to abortion, It doesn't mean that abortion goes away in the state of Kansas. The legislature would then have to enact laws that restrict abortion. So what I'm guessing will happen is a state like Kansas will then, you know, they'll put a six-week ban in or they'll go an outright ban. I don't know. I don't know the makeup of the state. I don't know the makeup of the legislature. But I do know that this is the first kind of gauge of where the voters are. So do the voters want... Kansas to be an abortion sanctuary for those in the Midwest, which is what the abortion advocates want. Or do the voters of Kansas want to say, we don't want anything to do with that. We don't want to be the abortion provider for the Midwest. So we'll see. The vote's happening today. We'll know this evening or in the coming weeks, maybe next time I'm on the show next week, I'll be able to tell you, did the the voters of Kansas vote for life? Or for abortion. Time will tell. We'll be back. So as we finish up today, look, Kansas is just the beginning. You You know, I've I've been asked by a number of people, what's a post-Roe, what's post-Roe America look like? Well, Here's the reality. The pro-life movement has been preparing for this day for 50 years. So it wasn't like it caught us off guard. It wasn't like we're like a deer in the headlights going, oh, no, what now? Well, no, there's been a plan. And what you're going to see moving forward is things like this, like what Kansas is doing is, hey, we're not going to be the abortion provider in the Midwest. We're not going to be the abortion sanctuary of the Midwest. Now I could be wrong, I could be surprised when the vote is tallied. But but the state of Kansas and the the voters of Kansas are going to speak. And we'll see. And maybe maybe I'm naive and I have too much hope in the the American people. But but I just can't believe that the bulk of the American people want abortion to happen unfettered, unrestricted, all the way up to nine months, and taxpayers to pay for it. I, I just, that, that is unfathomable to me. I, I just can't see that. I refuse to believe that. Now, are, are there people in certain parts of our country that believe that? Absolutely. But, but the bulk of the populace do not believe that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the state of Kansas, and will that be the beginning domino that starts falling? One thing I do want to point out real quick, I just got an email from Charlotte Lozier Institute, which is kind of the research arm of Susan B. Anthony. And it, here's some states with strong pro-life laws currently on the book. So if you're curious, to like, what's the makeup of the country when it comes to strong pro-life laws? Uh, here are the states. Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Missouri, North Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, West Virginia, Wisconsin, Wyoming. Here are the states with laws preventing medical treatment to save life of pregnant women. There are none. You see... All 23 states with strong pro-life laws currently on the books allow necessary and timely medical treatment for miscarriage, ectopic pregnancy, and other procedures necessary to save the life of a pregnant woman. So then you're going to ask, well, well how do you know that? And how do the, the folks at, at Charlotte Lozier know that? Well, well, here's how they know that. They actually read the text of the law. This is what I've been saying for weeks. So many people read the headline. And they refuse to read the actual text of the law. You don't have to be an attorney to understand these things. But, but the folks over at Charlotte Lozier reviewed the relevant medical bulletins from the pro-choice American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, which are commonly used as a guideline by OBGYNs. In each case, we found the recommended medical treatment for serious pregnancy complications was allowed by the pro-life laws in all 23 states, period, A plain reading of any of these statutes easily refutes the false and dangerous misinformation being spread by pro-abortion activists. Further, none of these laws prohibit a medical professional from acting as necessary when facing a life-threatening medical emergency. To claim otherwise is either ignorance of the law or willful misrepresentation. And I'm just going to be very blunt and honest right now. For many of these folks, it is not ignorance. They have they have medical degrees. They're not dumb. It's not ignorance. It is willful misrepresentation. It is the desire to sow confusion in the populace. To create fear and anxiety in women facing unplanned pregnancies and planned pregnancies. Because when they start talking about egg topic, and miscarriages, you, now you're talking to the suburban mom. You're, you're talking to a, a mom that has multiple children. You're talking to a mom that would never think about abortion. But it's now going, but, but, but my doctor just told me I have an ectopic pregnancy. And, and I, just, I just heard on CNN and I just read this article that if I have an ectopic pregnancy, that that's an abortion and no one's going to be able to provide that service and I could lose my life. That is a lie. It's willful Misrepresentation. It's the desire to create confusion. And if anyone, doctor or otherwise, legal scholar or otherwise, politician or otherwise, looks at you and says women facing ectopic pregnancies or miscarriages are not going to be taken care of in states like Tennessee or other pro-life states, they are telling you lies. It's not true. We know that. I could go on and on about that, but... My time is up. We'll talk next week. I'll let you know what happened in Kansas and what the landscape looks like around the rest of the country when we come back next week. Thanks so much.